Hello and welcome to the Cinetific Institute. I am podcast professor Jason Hardy. And I am podcast professor Atticus Blake. And on this show, we take a movie and study the science to see if it lives up to a scientific um, examination, right, professor? Yeah, sure, yeah. That's right, we slam it in test tubes and we, we expose it to radiation and, and, and then we do a spectrograph and a bunch of other science shit to oh, it. Oh, my favorite is x-ray crystallography. I mean, I just, have, them, I just have a machine that does that right over here. Sometimes we go old school, we give them a barium enema and take x-rays that way. Yeah, I have an electron scanning microscope downstairs, too. That's right. So what movie did we do all of this to this time around? We did 2005's. Batman Begins, by, uh, directed by <gasps> Christopher this, Nolan. That's right, and Christopher Nolan wanted to make a super realistic Batman movie. <laughs> well, not bad. He wanted to make it super real, like if Batman really existed, what would it be like? And he 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 did it, right? All the stuff, all the science is in this. He, he scienced the fuck out of it. That's right, That's right, baby. he took out his big old science schlong and... And put it on the table, and then... I really wish you'd stop doing that at board meetings. I really wish, during the <laughs> weekly review of what we're working on, we didn't have to see your oh, giant God. science schlong. Chris, please stop. Please stop it. <laughs> and then he goes, hold on a second. But before we dissect Batman Begins, there's a little segment that we like to do. You know, Atticus and I are pretty smart, right? I, but we well, can't I like get to think ev- I am. Yeah. yeah, but we can't get everything right. We're, we're not super geniuses. Well, I am. But... <laughs> Put your science schlong away. It's what it says on my diploma from Acme University. Jason Harding, super Acme, I genius. love Acme University. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm the roadrunner, and, you're, and uh, you're just Wile E. Coyote. That's right, baby. Uh, <laughs> so I just stuff a cork in the end of your shotgun, and it blows up like a flower, and for some reason that's you right. live. Mm-hmm. The cork doesn't bury itself into your face. But sometimes we get things wrong, and so that leads to... We were fucking wrong. So these are responses to our last episode where we did The Science of Dune, Professor Blake's favorite movie of all time. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I sit there every day and I'm like, oh, man, this movie. <laughs> and then I take out my big science sh- schlong. Uh. And then I grease it up with beef grease. <laughs> oh, why is it beef grease? <laughs> because, because no one else does. Uh. All right, so uh, what are the first ones? I had the question uh, of... Uh, how fast human minds could think compared to computers. Uh, This was actually just a question. I wasn't trying to get anything wrong, but uh, Francois Lacombe says, computers compute much faster than human brains. But the key word here is compute. Brains do a lot more than mere mere arithmetic, and computers are not designed to do all that other stuff. However, it's not possible to train the brain to out-computer a computer. Remember, nerve signals travel at car speed, while electronic signals travel travel at the speed of light, or just about. However, I just want to add the caveat that I witnessed Gary Kasparov several times beat Deep Blue or Deep Thought. He was able to outcompute the computer, but only in what performing one task, which was playing chess. Deep Blue uh, did defeat him uh, several times. However, he, right. he won. 
But that's not. We're talking about computing speed, right? The, the, I'm just the, saying the, you can, it, right. in some aspects, you can outcompute a computer. You, yeah, but if so long as you get to, as much time as you want to sit there and think. Well, no, this was right? these, the games have, were were time limited, just like any other tournament. Uh, but just because he beat him doesn't necessarily. I don't. I, is that outcomputing the computer? Sure, you're kicking uh. its ass at something that it. The that is, I believe, that's the only thing deep deep thought was trained to do. Was it Deep Thought or Deep Blue? I don't remember. I think there were actually two separate computers that he he played against. Deep Thought was the computer from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, I know, but I think that it was named after that. Oh, okay. I thought you said it was Deep Blue. Either I, I'm e- pretty sh- either, way, either way, it doesn't matter. The point is that he was able to outcompute the computer. Fine, yay humans. Oh, you're going to get yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, in <laughs> reference to um in reference to uh Missy Nope, nope. Uh, it is possible that Alia is one of the pseudo-females with genetically XY, but a mutation makes them unable to respond to androgen hormones and develop they develop as a female. But aren't they then um, incapable of having... Oh, no, well, she doesn't have any children. Who? Alia doesn't have um, any children in the stories. So, but yeah. is, it, is it because she's barren, or is it because she chooses not to? No, 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 but is a, is a XY female incapable of having babies? I don't know. That's something I don't know. I'll have... No, 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 let them answer it in the comments, and we're not doing this now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, I didn't even think of that. Um, he was saying that in reference to why Alia is able to access the memories that include the Baron Harkonnen, because in the science of in the in the universe of Dune, only males are able to access both lineages. Um, um, there are a few. Oh, oh and microblogging. I have a very interesting answer to the XY thing, though. All right, go ahead. Um, it's called XY gonadal digenesis, also known as Swire syndrome. What's that? And it's a type of uh, hypogonadism in a person whose karyotype is 46XY. They typically have normal female external genitalia, identify as female, and are as raised as girls. The person is extremely is extremely female with streak that's what it says streak gonads and if left untreated will not experience puberty really so I, oh i've heard about yeah. that in a there i i saw a young man who had a similar problem oh really who never experienced puberty hmm. oh and it, oh my god he looked like he was he was a wreck yeah so the gonads can't make estrogen so their breasts won't develop and the uterus will not grow and menstruate until they're given estrogen treatments and uh yeah so that that's what it says. So if left untreated, no, she could never have a child. She would never grow up. She would remain a, 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 a well, I mean, she would age, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, she would never grow up. Yeah. Uh. They can't produce eggs. So conceiving a child is impossible. Huh. Well, Ali is fully is developed. Treatable. So yeah. um, not that. Okay. okay. <laughs> so in reference to, you said there's no such thing as an animal spice. Uh, microblogonism says there are a few spices that are made from animals. For example, small amounts of anchovies are used to flavor a lot of things. Okay. Okay. And then in reference to us saying that, can you imagine if you were constantly aware of everything that the body was doing and you had to you had to physically think about controlling it? He says, your brain doesn't make your heart pump. It's It does that on its own, thanks to the pacemaker cells. In fact, most of the time, your brain has to tell it to slow down, which is why heart transplant patients have tend to have resting heart rate of 100 to 110. Well, I have a question Yeah. in response to his answer. Why is it that our heart beats faster when 
it is ex when we are exposed to external stimuli. And I'll use this for an example. When we panic because we've heard or seen something and our heart begins to race. Or we anticipate like a negative outcome or an exciting outcome. It's, it's not due to um, exercise. And I know it's still hormonal, but isn't the brain triggering that response? Yes, I would say, yeah, There's it's nerve impulses as well as hormones. I mean, I mean, granted, the heart is going to beat, but the brain can control how fast it's going to beat. And I believe I said in that show, when you are running and your heart needs to beat faster, if we had to tell the brain, express the hormones that allows our, our heart to beat faster, it would be It's maddening. probably mostly, yes. What we were saying was, beat, 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 like we were joking around as if we were like, <laughs> no, 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 I gotta, I gotta start my heart again, I gotta start my heart again. <laughs> like, we wanted, we were trying to say that, that yeah, there's a lot, the brain is doing a lot of things that we yes. are we are just not aware of mm -hmm. yeah um let me see do, 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 do. uh but annelids do have an, an a skeleton a hydrostatic skeleton i.e they are water balloon animals okay right fine um <laughs> Uh, some species of cicadas. Most species of cicadas don't don't have years uh, a years long nymph stage. Okay, fine. <laughs> we love you. We love this kid. We we do. We do we love do. micro. Yes. Um. It's okay. You kept saying a closed system, and I did want to say say I was trying to say it. Uh, yeah, a planet planet wide is not a closed system. It's a it's an isolated system. Mm, okay. Not. I yeah. if it's he said it's if it's a closed system there they it, it's not a closed system if they're chemoautotrophs. Right. Um, Wait, but but he, what I meant, he's absolutely right. We are not a closed system. We receive a huge amount of energy from the sun every day. Yes. And that sun's energy gets dispersed throughout the food chain. Do, 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 do. Let me see. Um, he says, one word, ganglions. It doesn't have to reach its brain for it to react. Oh, you were talking about cutting up a worm? Yeah. How long do you think it would take for it to realize that we were hurting it if we cut it one end while it was like three, three or four hundred oh, meters long? Oh, if we had hurt one, the far end yeah, and, and he it said, only had one brain? He says, one word, ganglions. It doesn't have to reach its brain for it to react. That's literally how it works with humans, too. You don't move. You move your hand away from the stove before the pain signal reaches your brain. Uh-huh. Ah, uh, you get two fish, uh, starfish from cutting up one. The cut needs to happen at a certain spot. A much better example True. would be flatworms. Um, yeah, doo -doo. fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is an exclamation point. We don't live in a closed <laughs> system. We are constantly getting energy from the sun that gets gets into the system. I already addressed that, micro. You lose. <laughs> um. For an organism to reach that size, it would have to be non-motile. The giant, super enormous, taking up whole forest mushrooms we have on Earth. Okay. Yeah, so, those but amazing. He's, he's agreeing with us, though. He's, he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, there's another kind. Um, the forests that don't... Oh, what is the name of the tree? There is a type of tree that, rather than dropping seeds and growing, it, it its roots go down and it forms another tree. And all of those trees are interconnected through a root system. So technically, it's not a single tree. It's an entire forest forest of trees that ma they makes up for a massive sing technically single organism all right all right um okay in reference to uh the fact that there uh, the frank herbert explanation of of why the bene Gesserit can only access the female line um mm -hmm. micro says except one of the x chromosomes comes from their dad they can't use the x chromosome to track maternal lineages that's why we don't that's why we don't you that's why we use mitochondrial dna okay and i 
this is the weird part because I don't know if he was trying to go against what we were saying, but I was saying what he what he's saying is is in fact science from our universe that debunks Frank Herbert's universe because oh, okay. Frank Herbert's uh, science is essentially oh well if females are XX and it, with males um, the book explanation is somewhat like uh, but the X that's passed on uh, only has female genetic memories from the male's mother. You see okay. what I'm saying? So uh-huh. yeah, and then he says why there's a 50 50 chance that the mother got it from her dad. If you go back to your ancestors who carried the X chromosome, plenty of them were men. And he's right. But what I'm saying is, all he's doing is supporting our conclusion that Frank Herbert's science is kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he's right. Um, let me see. Um, uh, good for what? He's talking about alleles uh, that we were talking about when I was saying beauty is no indicator of whether or not a person is genetically healthy. And I stand no. by that statement. Um, but he's That's saying uh, also good for what? Apart from alleles, it has an obvious dif- disadvantage because they just straight up kill you. Good is always going to be contextual. Well, I'm agreeing. I'm saying. Yes. But if just because you find you somebody, you based- att- just because everybody finds somebody attractive like Brad Pitt doesn't mean he's, go- he's, he's healthy. No, just because they're that's, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. That's eugenics. That's not that's no. Yeah. 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 Um, on a side note, sliced bread isn't all, all, all that amazing of an invention. Uh, OK. Um, OK. Fish. You try slicing your own bread, buddy boy. He says fish brain. Our ancestors were never lizards. <sighs> oh, we're going to get into this again. Uh, Professor Blake was not here the last time. Uh, <laughs> the last time Michael and I got into it over uh, uh, ancient secret. Uh, sea- Don't we just ancient, call it uh, lizard brain? Though creatures? it's not actually in reference to us actually being lizard brain is an expression. Yeah, it's just a it's just an expression, right? Yeah, I don't I, I don't remember in any of my bio books going. He's he's well actualing me. It's all right. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. And then he had a fight with Francois Lacombe <laughs> in the in the comments. <laughs> I'm not gonna read the whole thing. You guys can go. Where they got in an argument about uh, 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 what is it? Well, I mean, we do. We do eventually, if you go back, share an ancestor with. We do, but he's saying it would happen before they were actually considered lizards or reptiles. So okay. I get, I get you. Uh, he says, all, well, see, uh-huh. yeah. all mammals sweat. It's just that most don't sweat from their whole body or use it for thermal regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still saying that pterodactyls were great gliders, but they couldn't take off from the ground. Okay, and he's well actualing again here. We still process poisons. Your gut and liver breaks down and converts plant toxins all the time. The idea that she turns something into a less toxic, it is not at all far-fetched. All right, so However, the movie... obviously, the consciously of being aware of doing it part is bullocks, which is what I was talking about. Just in case the person didn't oh watch God. the last show. I cannot imagine movie. all of us being in a room and playing D&D. Me, <laughs> he, would, he would well actually literally everything. I'd be like, this soda tastes great. And he'd be like, well, actually, it doesn't That's taste a- great. <laughs> You actually don't taste anything. <laughs> Molecules in your... Okay, that's okay. great. I want to enjoy my soda. Can I enjoy his soda? soda? But he's usually right, and we love him for it. Okay. Right, Professor Blake? Yes, we do. We do. He has right. the... As I, he is a super genius of super geniuses. He's going to be an honest-to-God professor and not one of these reject podcast professors that we are. Yeah. All right, so... Um... <laughs> 
You know what? I I still think that if I if I get rejected again this for this round of PA schools, I'll probably I might go back and just try and get my PhD in evolutionary biology at the same college cool. I just graduated from. I still That'd think about neat. it. She's gonna put my I mean my <laughs> Dr. Foster is definitely gonna put me through the ringer along with her husband oh. if she's still there. Um, but yeah, she's gonna be like, well, because <laughs> I'll be studying I'll be studying the three spined again. Uh, well, yeah, I mean that's what they got for people who. Never listened to our previous show. You, you, Professor Blake, has a very intimate relationship with the three spine stickleback. It comprises a very good example of the of the of an adaptive radiation with several different characteristic alleles being expressed and then not being expressed as a result of introducing a predator or into its environment or taking that predator out. It's just a wonderful little fish. Look at it's up, also guys. cheap, so you can dissect the crap out of them. Yeah, I watched somebody dissect like <laughs> a few hundred of them once. Oh, oh. Jesus! Were they trying to break a record? No, actually, um, we're done with the well actually part. We, uh, yeah, we we're di- done with the well. Actually. Can we digress? For in, into some real science for a sec? Sure, just for Before a second. Before we get to Batman. So, there was a research project that I was involved in. Uh, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to be at all because I was still an undergrad. Um, but it was for a, so you get to have two separate grades in, in this school that were, uh, where you just basically helped a grad student do research. Um, and if you did well, you got an A. I got an A both times because I, because I was adept and I, I helped measure everything. So was, there was this one um, where a girl from Sanford was doing um, uh, research on muscular dystrophy as mm-hmm. it applies to specific alleles that the fish carries. Uh, I, I don't really know the entire the entire uh, science of it, but she and another gentleman from our school were doing research on what would happen was they had this they had this tank and uh, mm-hmm. in the in the, we had a camera set up underneath the tank so that you could see the fish inside the tank swimming around and it was a high speed camera. What would what they did was they took each fish and it was numbered randomly and they would put it in the water and you would and what would happen was they needed to make sure that it was pointing in a certain direction and then what we would do was take this like a, like a, a, a bottle cap and then slam it into the water mm-hmm. and then they would watch how fast the tail twitched and it swam away and okay. then we from there my part my portion of the research project was not just watching this but taking the footage cutting it down to size and then using a physics a physics calculator to I was taking little dots and lining them along the fish and then telling the computer follow this track the physics and then and then give her the data i did this for like i don't know like 500 fish (laughs) it was a lot but then what they did was they took they directly after she would take that fish she would chop off its head and she would actually she dumped it in lidocaine like pure lidocaine so it didn't feel anything she chopped off its head ripped off its skin took a sample of its muscle and then put it in a in a tube for genetic analysis (laughs) yeah uh and uh this was to help with uh muscular dystrophy oh that's great yeah so i helped a little the second the second one (laughs) dr foster's husband um dr baker who is also has a phd in uh, evolutionary biology (laughs) It literally he gave me an A. So and this is what happened. The guy we had so much fun talking about this particular we were trying to what he wanted to do was take two was take two uh teenage fish or mid mid-level life fish and he would mm-hmm. he would uh, he would put uh one of them actually he would put one of them in in water and then he would drop a little a little piece of food in there and, and make it eat it right and to make sure they were hungry and then what he wanted to do was see was to measure the amount of time it would take for the fish 
fish to, to go from one to eating another, which actually wasn't very... These are tiny fish, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't really understand why, but he wanted to know how quickly it could do that. And, I, okay. and, I, and it was after a while that I suggested to him, right? I was looking at... I was, I was sitting there dropping them in, and they would eat one, and then they would never eat another because they're so fucking tiny. I'm like, you little fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> So I went to him and I got the idea. I said, why don't you put two of a few of them in there at the same time with the same high speed camera, film them? Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing. If they're feeding and they think their food source is about to in- be interrupted by somebody else coming in and stealing their food, they're more likely to eat more than one. So I, I suggested them. He was like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And uh, I filmed it a few times, gave him that information. He said, this is a research project that I can't give to you. So you guys get to know <sighs> that I gave him that information, which helped him probably give that research project to another PhD student. However, I did get a free A for the semester and did not have Hooray! I did not have to attend any more, any more of that. But that was fun. Can we do the movie now? Yes. Yay! <laughs> All right. Batman begins. There's a lot of science crap in this movie yeah a lot I mean, more than i anticipated he tried he tried i'll i you know what i'm gonna i'm actually we'll, we'll see the grade at the end but you you know I, yeah yeah he tried he tried okay he tried uh in the very few, first scene of the movie bruce wayne as a child falls down a well and i said look at how fucking deep that well is i wonder if he would only survive with only a broken arm so i looked it up right. how deep are victorian mm-hmm. wells because i'm assuming that's the era that the wayne mansion was built in it looks like it yeah they're only about 20 or 30 feet so yeah he probably would have just broken his arm and gotten a few cuts and scrapes he wouldn't have now here's my fun thing about him falling down the, the well what he landed on rocks <laughs> he didn't bounce off the sides of it as he was going down like most people do yeah he just he just went seamlessly down and didn't hit anything straight down the middle of it <laughs> now the way he landed i wouldn't have expected his arm to break though uh, Unless that arm broke his fall. Uh, it, well, that's, I'm thinking deep. that that's what that's what probably happened. They'd, although they show him falling onto his back, don't they? Yeah. So if he fell onto his back, he probably would have maybe broken a, a, maybe one of his vertebrae or a couple of couple of ribs. Or maybe his hips because he seemed you, to last. I looked it up. Yeah. It, uh, not for this movie, but uh, when I broke the ribs in the front, I broke. I actually broke um, ribs near my sternum, which is extremely painful, and they need to watch out in case yes. the splinters go into your you know your your pleural cavity into your heart or into your lungs Mm -hmm. they didn't um but if you break them in the back that hurts way worse for some reason this is what i've been told really yeah it because i mean it's the same it's a break in your and they can't do Mm -hmm. anything about it because it's a fucking it's a fucking broken rib you can't cast up somebody's chest also he didn't hit his head no so the arm must have been underneath his head We yeah okay fine let's his just, arm was let's under just his say head. He, it would have been survivable, but he would probably would have walked gotten a few more than just a broken a few more things than just. Would a he arm. gotten? Would he have been able to get immediately up Mm-mm. to experience the bats? No, no, probably okay. not. Okay, no. All right, so here's my second question: Do bats okay. do bats attack people or swarm the way that is seen in the film? I looked this up. According okay. to the U.S. Geological Survey, all healthy bats try to avoid hum- avoid humans by taking flight and are not pr- purposely aggressive. Most bats mm-hmm. are about the size of a mouse and use their small teeth and weak jaws to grind up in- insects. And we are not insects. You should avoid handling bats because several species, such as the hoary and big brown bats, have large teeth and can pe- penetrate and puncture the skin if they are handled improperly. Less than 1% mm-hmm. of the bat population contracts rabies, which is a much lower rate of incidence than 
than other animals. Than any other mammal. Yeah. <laughs> Still, you should not handle or disturb bats, especially those that are active and appear to be sick. Uh, uh, appear to be sick during daylight hours. All bites should I be washed immediately with soap. I broke and water. that rule. Um, when I was uh, living in San Francisco, when I first moved to San Francisco, I was downtown and I was waiting for the bus. And up against the brick building, I noticed a tiny little brown bat up against the wall, terrified. I had my satchel. I usually carry a satchel with me. So what you do? I, swat at it? You fuck no. No, I guided it into the satchel, closed the satchel, and I took it home. I waited until it was dark. I went to Golden Gate Park near a water source and I let it go. Oh, nice. But I shouldn't have done that. It was a bat during the daytime. Ah, uh, It was okay. probably sick. So I actually did get a little blurb about rabies. <laughs> <laughs> Just because. I mean, we're talking bats. So rabies comes right. I mean, people are always afraid of bats because of rabies, right? I think Just bats, are, bats are not generally violent. However, rabies. Yeah, yeah. From the Wikipedia on rabies, which is actually pretty good. I, I mean, I can't really find any fault mm. with it. Uh, rabies is a viral disease that causes inflammation of the brain in humans and other mammals. Early simple symptoms can include fever and tingling at the site of exposure. These symptoms are followed by one or more of the following symptoms. Violent movements, uncontrolled excitement, fear of water, inability to move parts of the body, confusion, and loss of consciousness once the symptoms appear the result is always nearly death and i think we've talked about this before in the other podcast but let's say it again here mm-hmm. there have only been two people in recorded and i believe in recorded science that have ever survived this and it was because they were put in a chemically induced coma during the entire period mm-hmm. that they had the rabies yeah. symptoms and then they were able to i believe slowly give them the vaccine which still helped them fight it off during the coma yeah it it's a it's a it's still it's a close to hundred percent very close uh, uh, very close yeah but as a general rule in the movies I think that they weren't swarming I have rabies they weren't swarming him or swarming Bruce later in the film when he goes spelunking down into the cave I think they were just yeah. going out at night and he was in the way oh I don't have my camera on I'm sorry that's fine I thought you were hiding something that's from. so that you couldn't see me scratching my balls so I think they were on the that he was in the way of their exit and that was it they weren't like swarming around him necessarily although the second time he did just kind of stand there and there was a yeah. lot that if they weren't swarming him there were a lot of bats yeah and he uh, in the second movie he uses ultrasonic sound to attract no them. that's the first movie is that in the first so movie or the second let's go one? to this because i don't think it's on your list in the film yeah. he has uh captured rachel dawes who has been dosed with the fear toxin and he's got to get out mm-hmm. of the building because the police have surrounded it and they're coming in and he gives Rachel to Commissioner Gordon, or he's not Commissioner yet, to James Gordon, and he says, I'll get out on my own, and he reaches down and he takes out this little tiny thing out of his shoe, and he presses he presses the button, and he waits for the exact moment, and then he drops this little tiny thing down, and what happens? All these... The bats come. All these bats <laughs> show up. What could that thing, number one, it's small, right? What kind of range do you think that has? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, it's a sound... I, it'd be a sound that it's like dog sound right Right, but he doesn't live in town i'm assuming he's calling the bats from his bat cave oh so he trained those bats <laughs> to come to that sound. he had to have the only reason those bats would have come to any sound would alfred alfred <laughs> alfred alfred i'm training my bats master wayne you can't train a <laughs> they bat. did really well, well tonight you can actually can you train a bat i don't think you can i mean you can keep one as a pet right well uh, pet, people do it's it. still a wild animal it'll crikey it'll just be big a brown cage. bat is my friend <laughs> it'll be in a cage i've held uh, a fruit bat i've yeah. had one 
hang on to me. Um, and they're pretty smart. They're very big, but they're uh, according to um, the wildlife expert there, they're not really trainable. They can become very docile around human beings. And granted, mm-hmm. this is just for the fruit bat. Um, the smaller bats, it would kind of like be training a mouse, I suppose, if you could do it. Yeah, maybe someone else can tell us in the comments. But he trained thousands of them to come to this signal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'll just be surprised if, without googling, microbloganism has extensive knowledge. He's like, on bats. I think the only sounds that Ex- they would excuse me. I have an encyclopedic knowledge of bats. Now remember, they eat insects like mosquitoes. If yes. we didn't have bats, your you would hate mosquitoes even more because there'd be so many more um, mosquitoes yeah. and biting insects out in the world. Oh my god, I fucking hate mosquitoes. I hate them <laughs> so much. Um, but uh, as a general rule, and they wait. they hunt them by echolocation. <laughs> yeah. They send out a little peep, and it bounces off, and they go, "Oh, mosquito!" And then they go down, and they they you know eat it. There are some insects that have developed a tactic to um, emit a false sound that misdirects the bat as it's coming in. Nice, but um, evolution. But unless there was some sort of hyper sound that mosquitoes make, like it's a mosquito buzzing, but it's an ultra high frequency, so only bats can hear it. Um, I I'm calling my bat. <laughs> I'm calling my bats. I don't see how he managed to do that over the period of months where he was also getting all of his gear and everything else. He found a medical, you know, he found a, a a nature article that says we have a frequency that will attract all the bats. We have no practical application for. Yeah, it. he just googled that shit and he was like, oh, okay, right. I mean, there are bats in cities. I'm not saying there aren't bats in cities. They're not as high in cities, but I don't. I can't. That was a huge flock of. That was a a huge herd swarm what is what is a bunch of bats called probably a swarm okay oh. wait, wait wait no 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 let's look that up just for for science purposes just for shits and giggles what is a group of bats what are many bats called a colony colony thank you so yeah okay yep skip let's go back to the list Okay, is ninjutsu real? Yes. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, that now I just, but you and I both both have have training in martial arts, so of course we might look at that and go, that's not accurate. But I have to say though, the training equipment that they use, as well as the stuff that you see him, like the him dancing on the plum flower posts, yeah, that's all real. I've done is that. Is that really science have, or more history? I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying. They don't all. They also never. The wore training black. techniques do are 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 based on are, are based on ancient, you know, knowledge, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm some people might say, well, that's not possible. Yeah, and ninjas no. also never wore never wore black. They never wore black pajama outfits. Yes, they, they did. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Hollywood bullshit. Uh, in this scene where he falls through the water and then he's sitting by the, the fire frozen, next to the du- frozen next lake. to Ducard. Yeah, yeah uh, he says, "Rub your chest, not your arms. Uh, your ch- your your uh, your arms will take care of themselves." I think that's what he says. Uh huh. This is absolute horseshit. <laughs> Unless he means that the activity of rubbing your chest warms your arms by your muscles working in your arms. Yeah. The best thing that he can probably do is just sit by the fire with his hands extended because the, the heated blood in his fingers will be carried to his mm-hmm. heart, keeping keeping the, the blood from crystallizing or the water from crystallizing in his yeah. heart. Yeah. Also, maybe um, but going if he's already ins- out maybe- and walking around, I can't see that happening if he's sitting next to a uh-huh. fire already. I, I mean, or maybe going inside. <laughs> Yeah, just go and taking s- a no, lukewarm bath. The- yeah, but <laughs> it need- they're in Bhutan, man. They need to sit around with the beautiful mountains and talk about <laughs> shit that doesn't get you know reconciled until the third movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
All right, so this was my favorite one, right? Okay. And it pained me to look this up. When when uh, Bruce and Ducard fall out of the building and slide down the side of the slide down the side of the mountain, there's he Bruce uses one arm with the with the daggers in the side of the the, the like lance. a grapple. Is that what you call that? Yeah. And a, no, the aren't on the arm. Is it a lance? I don't know what they are, but they're like little. All right. So he puts it out and it holds yeah. it, and he's holding Ducard's arm. Right now. Liam Neeson probably at six foot four weighs about two hundred and twenty pounds. Yep. Right. The world record for curling is one hundred and thirteen kilograms. And also remember, he's a little beefy, so he might weigh more than that. Yeah. Is two hundred and forty nine point two point one two pounds. I'm sorry. The average the average curl for uh, just a, a a person who is well taken care of is thirty five pounds. Right. Okay. It is unlikely that Christian Bale, even at his fittest, would be able to would be able to curl the world record of of two hundred and forty nine pounds, uh, much less uh, Liam Neeson's two hundred and twenty pounds. But did he lift him the whole way, or only partially until he could get his grip on the what side? What use? I'm going by what I see in the movie because he is. I, you don't. Oh, he. he yeah. Is, you remember, it's not just the bicep that you're using. It's the it's the it's the forearm muscles as well as the shoulder mm-hmm. muscles, the tricep. And the and the um, oh my God, the lats. Um, and he is he is literally trying to curl him with just one arm. Right. I am sorry, but that is I don't I I find it very unlikely it, that he would do that without his muscle. Tearing. We've also it seen how strong tear. his arms are in the movie, and he does not have the build in his arm to do that. Right? We're talking yeah. about a well muscled, you know, someone who's been training to do this <laughs> bicep curl. <laughs> Yeah. Now, here's yeah. a... And, and even... Uh, oh, my goodness. What was it? Almost 10 years earlier uh-huh. when he was an American psycho. Uh-huh. I would say that he, that was the top, top, top shape he was ever in. Okay. How about if he was in The Machinist and he had to pull him up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm losing my arm. <laughs> it would have snapped off. It would have... Like a chicken bone. It would have come out of the socket. <laughs> now, here's a question. Was there a way for him to pull him up not in that body position? Let's say he had both hands well, on the Well, the way that he ended up was like this. Yeah. So let's say that he grabbed his arm and his legs were in front of him. Mm-hmm. Would he have been able to use the muscles in both his legs both to pull him up? If he did it, if he had both legs into the and sitting sitting into the edge yeah. and he had a he had he had a sturdy seating position mm-hmm. and he had both arms to pull him right. up. Yeah. yeah. I bet he could have. Cuz so many times in movies, You or I might be able to accomplish that with enough Adrenaline. There are so many movies where you see the person and they 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 the person's going over the edge and the person gets down on their belly and grabs their arm and then pulls it would pull you right, right over and then pulls them up. You never ever see someone getting rushing up and then squatting down and grabbing the person with both both hands and then using their legs to pull them up. Your legs are very strong mm-hmm. and you're using both of them in that action. You only have to do is make sure yeah, that your uh, grip is tight enough for to get them up and back over the uh, edge. I would agree because my 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 best deadlift that I've ever done was probably around 275 pounds mm-hmm. and it's not so much it your hands your hands grip is very strong so it's not so much the hands right. it's it's the it's the back and the legs and 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 that that lifts that lifts the weight now was so. Rachel Gould helping him by using his legs at all or was he literally danging in free space no he was he was knocked out oh that's right that he was knocked out that's what I was saying he was he, dead, dead weight weight <laughs> and 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 he's just like, and he pulls him up. No, I'm sorry. Have you ever seen a, a muscle snap? No. Look this up on YouTube. Don't. It is the no. It is the no. It's cool and it's gross. Yeah, but I, as a person who wants to work Don't in medicine, do it, everybody. I've seen, 
I I once saw a person. So there's it says worst tear, and they were trying to curl. I don't know, two hundred pounds, and the the left. So what happens is it, it doesn't snap like 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 that. What happens is the tendon tears, <laughs> and then the bicep goes from being a huge engorged muscle to going. <laughs> it just goes. It just goes up. Yeah. It, toward, and it usually tears from from the uh, forearm. And your career is and, a weightlifter. And the bicep goes over. up. Yeah. Well, they can they can put it back. Uh, it's just it's just never exactly the same. A torn pectoral muscle is probably the weirdest one though. Oh God. Because it's like yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think it's about like... these things anymore. <laughs> You're upsetting me. Well, I'm sorry. sorry. That's what I do. Yeah, I know. We can go back to dick and fart jokes on the other show <laughs> if you want. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> All right. How about memory cloth? Dun, 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 memory cloth. That thing that everyone has, <laughs> right? Yes. This uses an electrical charge to stiffen the material for gliding. While there are wingsuits that exist, this is not a real thing. No. Okay. Uh, someone did an actual... Okay, and, and I'm sorry. I said paper before, Jason. It's not a paper. They did an article for like a, a science, pop science magazine. Okay. However, uh, th- this was actually studied, uh, not extensively for someone's PhD. So, after accounting for the dragon lift forces on Bruce Wayne in, in flight, the doomed trajectory was calculated. The 15.4 foot, f- uh, foot wingspan is just half of that of an ordinary hang glider. Mm-hmm. And when launching off in a 492 foot high Gotham City sky- skyscraper and gliding um, for around 1,500 uh, 1,150 feet, Batman's velocity would peak at 65, 68 miles an hour before leveling off at a life-threatening 50 mile per hour <laughs> descent. Right. The paper, uh, the paper does admit that variations in the angle of glide were not taken into account and could contribute to a safe landing. However, Batman would need to slow significantly to avoid becoming a messy afterthought for Gotham City's road sweepers. <laughs> if Batman wanted to survive the flight, he would definitely need a much bigger cape. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he preferred to keep his lifestyle, he could opt out opt for using an a- active propulsion such as jets to keep him aloft. Right. Like, like the other billionaire in the other universe. Okay. So, number one. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, okay. <laughs> memory cloth. No. No. Um, he What he would need to do is make that memory cloth out of something that is reactive to um, electricity, right? Something that mm-hmm. becomes rigid when electricity is passed over or passed through it, right? Which would mean that it's conductive, right? So it would have to be mm-hmm. some sort of metallic. It couldn't be cotton because that's not that's not conductive. Um, in fact, I can't think of anything burn. that would be conductive. Hmm? It would burn. It would burn. Exactly. Exactly. But somehow... This this thing can then assume a rigid shape or a fairly rigid shape that you determine by... <laughs> what? Well, I mean, do you make it in that more, shape? More... <laughs> I, no, no, no. I have more on the free fall jumps if you want. Oh. I, I, there are other people who've gone into this so extensively. Okay, go for it. Like... Okay. Uh, now, I just I I do like the idea of Batman gliding around and looking awesome yeah. and doing cool stuff. But it's like for a free fall of four seconds, neglecting significant air resistance and assuming an acceleration due to gravity of nine point eight oh meters per second squared, we can calculate his velocity just before he extends his bat wings. V equals V O at zero plus nine point eight meters. I remember doing this for physics class. Or forty meters per second. Air friction would reduce the speed somewhat 
want, but for a fall of four seconds, not by that much. So neglecting it is a re is a reasonable approximation. Now, if you look at the scene carefully, you see that when Batman spreads his wings, he moves into a circular path, and the motion goes from vertical to mostly horizontal. Mm -hmm. It is the force of air resistance which which increases dramatically when he opens his wings. That pushes him into a circle. Therefore, it acts as a centrifugal force uh, during that part of the motion. Mm -hmm. To hold his arms out without buckling, Batman has to exert the same force back on the air. That's Newton's third law at work. So while he moves in a circular trajectory, we can calculate the force that will be exerted on Batman's arms. From the scene, we estimate that Batman moves into a circle of a radius of 20 meters or so, and that he has a mass of about 80 kilograms. If his speed remains relatively constant at this direction, uh, changes we can approximate the force as 9.80 mili uh, <laughs> milligrams <laughs> meters per second plus 40 meters per second divided by 2 over 20 meters, which is 7,200 newtons, or about 1,600 pounds. This means that Batman has to be capable of holding 800 pounds on each of his extended arms. Yep. Now, as we just went through, <laughs> probably with with even with how hot and strong and gorgeous Christian Bale is, mm -hmm. he probably cannot do that. No, I don't think he can. I don't think he can maintain it unless the magic material that doesn't exist somehow strengthens his strengthens along his arms so that it's like a rigid structure. But I have a problem with that as well. He's not aerodynamic. The people who wear no, wingsuits are if you it's really neat. Their videos are awesome. And I my hands off to anybody who wears who wears a wingsuit. But they're still going down. They're falling. They have they have control over how what direction they're going in. They don't hit the ground directly, but they are still jumping off of cliffs, cliff edges, and stuff like that. They're not falling straight down, but they're still falling. They're not gliding. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. And that main difference is is that they are controlling their descent, but they still need to have parachutes in uh, towards the end of their descent in order to land safely because they're going a zillion trillion miles an hour, right? Mm -hmm. So his wingsuit is shaped like a bat. Mm -hmm. And what's keeping his legs up? Uh, the stiffness of the of the material, no, I'm guessing. No, no, his legs are free. He can run around and do stuff. He's not connected to his cape all the time. So what's keeping his legs from just dangling underneath him while he's floating over Arkham as it's going crazy? Is he just physically keeping them tucked up next to his body? I guess so. <laughs> Is that something that someone can do for prolonged... If he wanted to slow his descent, putting his legs down would probably help. It might help. Actually, it, now that I think it. But it also it. might, if he is at all aerodynamic, that would... It would ruin that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Bruce Wayne on the pavement? God. So while I think it's neat as well, I just don't see it working in, in real life. There's no... I mean, it seems, uh, the way they portrayed it in the movie, it does seem like, oh, that's totally possible. But if you stopped and thought about it for a minute, he doesn't have enough um, area on those wings to for prolonged gliding, right? No. Okay. And and he's just not strong enough to hold up his arms during, during the flight. No. We, no. no, that's why none of da, da Vinci's flying machines worked. <laughs> I love the spiral one. It looks like a piece of rice at Rome attached to... <laughs> Attached to a little basket. Exactly. And he's like, there's pedals. It pedals, guys. It pedals. We'll go up in the air. See? That's right. We just criticize Da Vinci. And all it does is go, it just goes around and around, like a rice aroni being spun around because he thinks that you can corkscrew <laughs> the Well, here's the thing. He was on to something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Da Vinci was brilliant. I'm just saying it just looks funny. It does look funny. He, like, has wood wings that, like, go on it and, like... <laughs> 
I'm going to fly. Woo-wee! <laughs> <sighs> All right, that's gone. Next. Okay. Does the tumbler exist? Jason kept arguing with me, I... but guess what? It exists. Okay, does it exist like it exists in the movie? Yes. The Batmobile. Uh, this is from the Warner Brothers website. Okay. Or the Tumblr, as it's called in the newest incarnation. Right. Well, not. Actually, was it the same Batmobile? It was a similar Batmobile that was used in, in Batfleck, wasn't it? A no, I mean, it, like it looked that. more like a race car. Yeah. All right. Is actually a real car. Or more accurately, more accurately, seven several different cars that were built specifically as prototypes for the movie. Right. No CGI here. Not even the flames ejected from the rocket engine. Right. All of the scenes with the Batmobile we see in the Dark Knight were all oh, the Dark Knight, but it's the same same thing. Mm-hmm. We're filmed using these prototypes. When the Batmobile is racing along any streets, that's one of the race versions, which was constructed and stripped out a uh, stripped out NASCAR. Right. At the cost of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's pocket change to me. <laughs> um, these are high performance vehicles capable of accelerating zero uh, to sixty miles per hour in five seconds. Right. Now I don't know. I I, I think that the, the fastest accelerating car on the planet is actually the McLaren F1, um, which is zero to 60 in like in like 4.2 seconds. Right. So this thing is just a just a hair over that. Mm-hmm. Um, they are each, these are each high performance vehicles capable, and oh, we already, already, already said that. They are each equipped with special suspension systems similar to those found in Baja racing trucks. Yeah. And in order to help the engine, the, the car negotiate high speed turns, each rear wheel is, is uh, equipped with extra brakes that can be activated separate with with separate hand levers. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, engaging the supplemental brakes on only one side provides a greater net torque in the car and tighter turning radius compared to normal braking. Mm-hmm. The prototype is also outfitted with a rugged steel frame, which in the aid of suspension allows the car to execute 30-foot jumps without crumpling on impact. And it attains like a top a lot speed of, of over, one, uh, over 100 mile, miles per hour. There's also a much less outfitted opening version that they use to film Batman getting in and out of the vehicle. Right. The jet version is the one, uh, the race versions outfitted with propane tanks that ignite in scenes involving rocket thrust. Mm-hmm. There is an, there is even a miniature version in which they film jumping ravines and uh, uh, and other obstacles. However, the scene in Batman Begins where he jumps through the waterfall was actually filmed using the race version. Yeah. It really can jump. Right. All right. It's not real. I just said it's a, it's an actual vehicle. It's not an actual and it does vehicle. Jump. You just described all the stunt vehicles, and it took seven of them to show the different things that the tumbler can oh do. Oh my fucking god! Is it capable of doing the things that it says it that that is done in the movie? In one yes. vehicle. In one. That's, why are you Why are you moving the goalpost? <laughs> I'm not moving the goalpost. The tumbler can do all of the things that you just described, right? Oh God, you're you're well you're well actually. <laughs> no, I'm not well actually. In one you. vehicle because it has to be one vehicle because he only it's has one of them. Well, like guess what, Jason? In the movie, they show him own owning several of them. So no, no, he only has the one. No, in the third movie, they go right into it. They, remember in the third movie, right. Bane Bane get, goes right into. He literally he literally goes from underneath mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's cache of things and several tumblers fall through. Right. So some of them were unpainted, some of them were unused. Right. Some of them probably still had the shrink wrap on the goddamn windows. Right. There were numerous ones. And there were also one there was one that had there were ones that that had the 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 motorcycle mm-hmm. that became detached from it when it was on when the when the entire vehicle was unusable. What? So no, it's several different ones. To do I'm, I'm very gonna well actually things. The, 
right? Yes. No, for you the... only see him go through the waterfall and the jump, and that's the only thing we could look at and go. Eh. No, it's not and just the just waterfall in the it. in the thing. So it can go from. I I believe that you can create a vehicle that can go from zero to sixty. That's fine. Um, I believe that you can put a jet engine into a car because we did. They it. are each equipped with special suspension systems. Right. Uh, found in Baja trucks. Okay, but a... um, they each have the supplemental brakes. Mm-hmm. I'm going through it again. They each have the rugged steel frame. Mm-hmm. They each can execute 30 foot jumps. Mm-hmm. They each each can go over 100 miles an hour. Okay. So are they armored? Uh, no, it says nothing about that. Do they so, have uh, twin forward firing machine guns, a rocket launcher, a landing hook, integrated fire extinguishers? I didn't systems, know you wanted me to look that shit up. Integrated you, I'm safety pretty sure connection that you... to gasoline control. Jason. Jason. <laughs> a, a vector Jason. controlled jet engine. No, they don't have a jet engine. However, each one of those outfitted weapons could be put into a car. Yeah, they could be put into a car, but then... Just like James Bond. But then it can't go 100 miles an hour. Nor can it jump 30 feet. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm not saying it's impossible to build the tumbler. You can build the tumbler. They would just have to give it a more powerful engine. You'd have a lot. I mean, the whole thing is is that the tumbler is more like a kind of combo car tank, okay? It's kind of a tank, and it's kind of like a car. Tanks, the Abrams the Abrams tank has a jet engine in it, okay? Abrams? Yeah, the Abrams tank has a jet engine in it. Oh, 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 I was like... Not the filmmaker. J.J. Abrams... <laughs> I'm like, he didn't direct any of these. What I'm saying is, is that the way that they built all the reason they built all of these cars is that they can do specific scenes in the movie. And so it's kind of like when the Millennium Falcon doesn't exist, but they had to build a big one for the scenes with the people. It doesn't? No. <laughs> for the people going, they had to build. Oh my God. A, when we do the science of Star I know. Wars, they built, this is going to hurt. They built several different scales of the Millennium Falcon to make the special effects shots differently. You know, they had, there were several different types of the Millennium Falcon. It's kind of like with mm-hmm. the first Batman, the super long Batman car. They had yeah. one car. That was a Corvette. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about the Corvette from the 1960s? No, no, no. I'm talking from... about Keaton Batman. That was a Corvette. That was a Corvette out- outfitted with shit that they just put on top of it. They, That's all They it was. outfitted it. It was very rickety. It was very rickety, apparently. Um, But they had one that they stabilized for fast scenes. And then they had one for they had the clothes, the one for close ups so that when it just kind of pulled in and pulled out. Um, And then they had the one where the the hood slides open so the person people can get in and out, all that stuff. So I'm saying, is it a possibility? Sure. But it's it's fuel because this thing books through the movie and those are real yeah. shots those are real shots of that thing booking it I want to know what and it, you're, so you're saying during those scenes that it's probably not carrying all the weapons it's probably not carrying any of the weaponry or the weight it's just kind of this okay. fiberglass right. hull and someone's driving really fast down the road but it, and it looks super cool but when it needs to because remember it uses its weapons when it when it starts and that's what we're going to go into next just really quickly mm-hmm. um, when it starts uh, jumping roof to roof mm-hmm. So, according to the fandom, it weighs 2.5 tons. What? It weighs 2.5 wait, wait, wait. Okay. tons. A ton is 2,000 pounds yes. times 2.5. Yeah. That's 5,000 pounds. Yeah, 5,000 pounds. It's a very... It's got armor and shit on it. It's got all this weaponry. It's heavy. That's fucking heavy as hell. Think about it. For the axles that this thing needs in order to pull off the shit that it does, it's got to be reinforced. 
So when it lands on top of that church roof, it's not just going to ruin the tile. It's going straight through it. There's no church. Mm. There's no building. And liquid. And you know what? I didn't see any safety equipment in there for him at all either. No, he's just kind of. Is there? Is there even a seatbelt? Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> <laughs> So while I'm saying it's not impossible because we've seen it moving around, to get it to get one vehicle to do all the things that it has and does, um, there's going to be some drawbacks as far as, you know, what kind of gas... If it's got a jet engine, then it takes jet, fu- jet fuel, right? And, uh, how heavy is a jet engine? It's They're pretty heavy. They're big. But, I mean, remember, airplanes have a lot of weight to them, and people think they're light because they go up in the air. That's brute force getting that thing in the air. So... Um, while I'm not disagreeing with you, is it possible? Yeah, definitely. But the the way it's portrayed in the movie, he's paying a lot in gas. I'll say that much to move that to move that thing as heavy, and it must get fairly decent gas mileage. I would hope. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's getting 60, <laughs> 60 miles to the gallon. No, it probably it's got horrible gas mileage if it weighs that much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my god. All right, next. All right, does repelling equipment like that exist? And I laughed when I saw this because. <laughs> As a former fan of the original, the original uh, scientific show that Jason did with his other uh, podcast professor, that uh, melted in acid, is that what happened? Yeah, uh, he him? just disappeared remember. in a cloud of pink smoke. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, you guys did this with James Bond. Yes, we did. Uh, can is there repelling equipment that Jason? You already answered this question. Is there repelling equipment that can move him up and down that quickly? No. While carrying other people. And and make him fucking disappear like like that. Unless under his cape he has some sort of gas powered engine that could reel in his his line that quickly. No, there's nothing. No, no, no. All right, <laughs> we're not going over the the physics of it again. We're just not doing it. <laughs> However, I did I did find a video called uh, "Make It Real: The Bat Grappling Hook Gun," the one where he shoots the the grappling hook. Yeah, there is a video called "Make It Real: Batman Grappling Hook Gun." Okay, uh, take. Guys, go over to YouTube and look at it. It, it looks it looks fun. Okay, I watched I watched it. I thought that's cool. All right, good. Um, do 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 do. Ah, Jason, <laughs> the microwave emitter. Oh golly. First, can, why don't you tell us a little bit about what microwaves are? You're going to put that on me? Uh, hey, I, exp- I explained and searched and did all the other stuff. That's true. Oh, no, he's Googling it. I'm going to have to so because funny. I'm not going to say something off the top of my head and have, have fucking microbloganism spank me on the podcast again. <laughs> yeah, Jason. <sighs> they're, they're little they're things. They're things. Okay, so it's a form of electromagnetic radiation that um, have wavelengths. You just can't see it. Hmm? <laughs> what? It's light. You just can't see it. Yeah. Uh, ranging from about one meter to one millimeter with frequencies between 300 megahertz and uh, 300 gigahertz. And, um, you know, it's all defined, uh, different sources define different frequency ranges as microwaves. The, the one that I just mentioned includes both UHF and EHF millimeter wave bands um, and a more common definition definition in radio frequency engineering is the range between 1 and 100 gigahertz wavelengths between 0.3 millimeters and 3 and well you asked me yeah no but what do we use it for generally to heat food make popcorn and and? uh telecommunication yeah for cell phones yeah um okay now the kind that we use to heat our food are those is that good microwaves or or bad ones they're not good ones there's a reason why they're kind of 
Fiona walked off in a box and there's a special screen. The, yeah, the box is, is actually a Faraday cage. Yeah. That's what keeps that's what keeps the microwaves from uh, cooking our brains like in that movie um, Last House on the Left. Is that possible? No, I it's not. It, that, that's not. When we do one of those movies, we'll be able to get all into it. Yeah, but there's not enough science in that movie for right. us to bother. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So. Uh, <laughs> we also use if it you, for radio astronomy. And, if you. If, sorry. If you were trapped inside of a microwave large enough, <sighs> your muscles and brains would be cooked. <laughs> yeah, you would, yeah, it wouldn't be they have good. A, they have a stunning effect on on water. That is what that is what we're mostly banking on with a microwave. Yeah, is that is that it heat speeds up the the motion of water within food, which then in turn generates heat, mm-hmm. and the heat heats up the food. Yum yum yum. Yeah, you can cook a steak in there, but it's probably going to be nasty. I wouldn't do it that way. No, cook a steak on a, on a grill, everybody. Okay, so uh, from uh, I forgot what web page I got this from. So could a microwave emitter like that? exist? The shorter answer is no. Without going into a lot of physics, the reality is that even if you could get a microwave emitter that small, with that level of effect, any water would be vaporized, not just water the water the League wanted to vaporize. So the blood in everyone's bodies would boil and vaporize, killing thousands to any Remember, actual we need microwave to remind emitter. Them. Yeah. Supposedly they have a microwave emitter that was invented for some reason... <laughs> To to kill to destroy an enemy's water yes, supply. Yes, to to destroy an enemy's water because supply. Because you can't you can't just focus it on the water you want. Uh-huh. It, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna hurt other stuff. Right. It's gonna damage other stuff. Mm-hmm. But they okay. invented this thing to and then the bad guys take it and they're going to just they're gonna what is it? So they're, they're, the toxin has been introduced into Gotham's water. Oh, and here's the thing I didn't look up. Shit. What? Is there such a drug that when you in ingest it it has no effect but mm-hmm. that when you breathe it it then has to have an effect because they kept saying they said that three or four times in the movie that oh it's been in the water supply for a long time how come it has no effect it must have to be vaporized and I'm like nobody no. in town boiled any water no one not <laughs> one person you're not wait stop not one person took a boil a pot of Gotham water and boiled it and went insane nobody took from a this sh- drug. no one took a shower no one took a shower either <laughs> So is the, first of all, if it's only inhaled through the lungs and that that's its effect, it, but I I don't know because I didn't look it up. Is there a is there a possible drug that you can ingest uh, like that, a hallucinogen that has no effect when you swallow it, but has an effect only when it goes into the lungs? Mm, yeah, no. I don't I don't know. I don't think I don't so. Know. No. no. It's 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 a drug that you ingest, whether you ingest Nobody it through the through the skin <laughs> or inhale it. Now it's possible, yeah. and here's the thing: it's an organic compound, right? It's yeah. it's they make it from the flowers from up in that mountain, yeah, right. And they expose him to like, doesn't he eat one of the flowers or something like that? Who? Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne, yeah. No, they they burn it. They burn it. Okay. They burn it. They burn it, and yeah. he inhales the smoke. Yep. Okay. So I was gonna say that the microwaves might actually destroy the drug in the water by microwaving it. Mm, all right. I don't know. I mean, I who's gonna we gonna microwave some LSD? and see if it, right i don't yeah, yeah. but how Just microwave the, a pot a pot of lsd in your in your house and bring everybody around to be like sniff this but okay? here's the thing 
this they went all through all of this rigmarole to get the drug into the water supply so they can shoot it with a thing that can't exist well here's the thing it can exist but we'll talk about that in a second to shoot it with um microwaves so that the microwaves will turn into steam after the pipes explode why didn't they just fucking aerosolize it and drop it on the city that would have been more effective probably more than likely i mean because here's the thing as steam it will condense rapidly wouldn't it not just that but isn't gotham well known for having for having those uh, um uh uh drains and and sewers that that constantly billow out smoke for effect Like, I mean, come on. I mean, if you think about it, they turn it into steam. Steam begins to, con- you know, begins to condense and and then it turns into moisture again. It just becomes droplets on, on the sides of buildings and everything else. And since they've already established that you can't get, you, you can ingest it and apparently bathe in it without, without it being effective. The effectiveness of that steam is only so long as it remains steam. And that's not very long. So mm-hmm. you're stupid, Rayshaw <laughs> But we're talking about the microwave emitter. Um, now, here's the thing. We have made microwave weapons in the United States. It's uh, what they call a directed energy weapon. Okay, but it, what uh, well, what, what the line said, the next line was, yeah. that doesn't even begin to address the physical issues of an engineering problem, starting with a portable power source right. strong enough to give the microwaves enough energy to vaporize that amount of fluids. Mm-hmm. So, no. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You need a lot of power to make these things run. And these guys just, I guess they just plug it into a, plug it into an extension cord (laughs) Jesus they didn't even fucking plug it in they're just like also they are shooting at this water from a distance through rock it's just they're just in the center of town yeah they're like through oh and also no 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 it's attached to the train yeah but I mean it's remember it's and the and the oh they were that was another question what what city planner has the monorail the central transport for the entire city go along with the main water supply I don't know something Thing about that screams out as engineerically <laughs> wrong. I know engineerically but, is not a word. But here's the thing: <laughs> just, if even if they directed the microwave, the, even the most powerful microwave in the world at the ground, they're standing next to it. Yeah, so I know. They're just like. It's going through the train, which is metal, uh-huh. the tracks, which are metal, thirty feet well, of thirty to forty feet of nothing. Boy, it would just bounce off the metal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then it's supposed to penetrate the asphalt several at least twelve well, I don't know how deep the, the water main oh, is. All right. Yeah, no, I see what you're getting at. It's yeah. it's gotta go through a ton of shit even to get to the pipe. And that's moving water. It's not just sitting there. On the, yeah, on the monorail with this thing in inside of it going what 100 miles an hour if you if i had an open microwave beam mm-hmm. and i just drove i just had it hanging out the window just say i could hold this machine that, yeah. that points a microwave beam and i just drove by you at 60 miles an hour mm-hmm. chances are it would just go and you might get not, depending on the strength it might not even singe your hair it's depending on the strength yeah it yeah. probably might not do anything the the active denial system which is a microwave weapon heats the water in a human target skin and causes incapacity capacitating pain okay but they have to focus it on a person they just can't randomly direct it it's got to hit them and stay on them long enough to cause that burn and what they're doing is they are a moving tar they are a, a, a moving weapon pointing it at moving water it's not stagnant water this is the town's water supply it's moving through that pipe fairly quickly right yeah so even if they pointed it at one single spot in that pipe it's not going to heat the water to the point in which it's going to turn into steam unless somehow they've developed the 
finger of God, and it's going through all of this shit and hitting the water in the pipe and instantaneously turning it to steam. Yeah. So bullshit. <laughs> call bullshit. Okay. I call bullshit. Okay. How about this? Okay. The the fear drug oh. or the fear toxin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the fear toxin is a substance made from the rare blue flower found in the slopes of the Tibetan mountains. Prove his worth to the League of Shadows. Bruce Wayne had to take one of the flowers up to the mountain, the League headboard. And then there, Henry Ducard ground the flower into a powder and made Bruce inhale the fumes. Mm-hmm. Bruce then had visions of bats flying out of out of a chest, but Ducard told them to face his fears. Right. This is from the, the fandom. Right. Uh, are there drugs that... Are there drugs drugs that have hallucinogenic properties like that. Yeah, sure. sure. Acid, psilocybin mm-hmm. are the drug that's found in magic mushroom. Peyote, mm-hmm. DMT, and uh, PCP. Yep. Uh, marijuana also has a hallucinogenic effect. Bath salts. <clears throat> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Foaming at the mouth just thinking about it. So that's not too too unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, that, that, that like I said, the property that it uh, can only be inhaled to have effect but ingested not have an effect, um, I'm a little iffy about no. that. Okay, here was here was the last question that I looked up and I didn't get the answer, so Jason had to look it up. Are there antidotes to hallucinogens? And I my first answer before I even looked it up was no. Uh, but you go ahead. No. No. With okay, hallucinogens, to, the yeah. best thing to do is to just strap in and wait for the ride to be over. Treatment is calm and quiet. Reassuring Unlike the that person. Episode yeah. Of my our favorite episode of Let Me Finish Cheeseburgers with T. Calm reassurance. That's that's the treatment. There's nothing to administer. There's nothing to give. No benzodiazepines will help them calm down. No, you can't give them Haldol. In fact, it could make it worse. There's no. You can't. You can't give them like uh, Ativan or. You can give them things that will help them relax. Here's some heroin. But it doesn't negate the effect of the drug. It just negates the person's anxiety over what they're experiencing. Okay? Yes. So there, no, there is not an antidote, but we have one in this movie, don't we? Uh, yeah, an antidote that not only can he synthesize uh, within two days at a fart in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have all of what Bruce Wayne's money on his side, and then he's like, "I just wanted you to know how hard it was." And then all of a sudden, he wants another another dose for Commissioner Gordon because mm-hmm. he's so awesome, and another dose for Rachel, and then all of a sudden, he needs it mass produced and put into the water. Yeah, for every. Everybody, for, for every, all of Gotham. Everybody, everywhere. Yeah, totally. <sighs> No. No, no, it's no. Not going to happen with very quickly. Not very, I mean, if, if if there is such a thing as an antidote to a hallucinogen, which there isn't, you would, and then being able to mass produce it very quickly so that everybody's safe within a few days after this, this mm-hmm. mass hallucination, this mass mass madness, uh, doubtful. Mm-hmm. Very, very doubtful. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. The reason why we don't have necessarily, I don't think it's impossible to create one. It would take time and money. The reason why we probably don't have one is because... The U.S. government didn't want them. Nah, it's because you can't die from an overdose of any of the hallucinogens. You could cause yourself harm. Don't get me wrong. You could walk off the top of a building. You could cut yourself. You can panic. You can hurt yourself. You can hurt other people while while, uh, on an overdose of, of this drug or drugs. You can do permanent damage to your brain. And the drug can live on in your spinal column, right? But it won't kill you. So the need to find uh, an, an antidote like... Uh-uh, how- I've had a marijuana overdose. <laughs> 
like <laughs> what's the what's the one um for uh, opioids? It's uh Oh no, oh Narcan. Narcan. Narcan blocks the receptors. Mm-hmm. However, I believe <laughs> that the method of action with with uh, most hallucinogens is different. Yeah, that's what I mean is um, if they could do their if they did their research and they said, "Oh, we can do this and it'll block, you know, it'll negate the effects." However, LSD stays in your spine. Yeah, it does live. So you can have you can have nice good little flashbacks mm-hmm. because it, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's not a, a need for it because it doesn't necessarily kill you. The, the drug itself isn't going to kill you. So the need to suddenly get someone off of this, off of the hallucinogen, is the need isn't really there. So is it impossible to create one? I don't think that's true. If someone really wanted to sit down and make one, they could probably figure it out over a couple, a decade or so, maybe. Who knows, right? It's a possibility. Could you whip one up in a day? <laughs> No, I don't think you could. My sure. I don't think Lucius Fox walked into Wayne Drugs and said, "Okay, everyone, put away your can- put away your cancer research." Yeah, I need an that, antidote. He did it alone. Huh? He did it alone. <laughs> Right, in his, like, little home antidote lab. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking around and happened to find... I took all the drugs out of my, out of my, my drug cabinet and I mixed it up in a pot and here you go. (sighs) So, no. So, is that it? Is that everything? That's, that's what I got. All right, good. So, Professor Blick. What grade would you... You're not gonna like me. What grade? You're not gonna like me. (laughs) Would you give Batman Begins? I'm gonna give it a C plus. Okay, why? Because it was a hard attempt at getting it right. I will always grade in favor of the student, just like my organic professor, my organic chemistry <gasps> professor. Your story had who a gave point. Me the D minus. <laughs> <laughs> I will always grade in favor of the student. Yay! I think a C plus because uh, it, it's it was obvious that he went to great lengths to make it so that if you were sitting there, yeah. in reality, and in reality, a billionaire built a bat suit <laughs> and a bat gun yes and they, they would that would be ridiculous uh-huh. that would be so ridiculous right <laughs> you'd be like what the fuck are you doing we know it's you because you're the only one that has the fucking money to do this but in like in reality we'd look at it and go that's that's silly that's yeah. fucking silly looking but he said what if it wasn't silly looking what if it was as realistic as it possibly could so that if you saw this you would be like holy shit mm-hmm. that dude's repelling from buildings and and, and diving and gliding and diving and doing cool stuff and kicking the shit out of them with ninjutsu and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's why I give him the C+. Okay. I'm going to give him a D. And for the same reasons. For the same reasons. I mean, there are things in here that are possible, right? Oh, you're saying, oh, he tried, but it wasn't good enough? I mean, it's still a passing grade, (laughs) but I'm not going to kiss his ass and tell him. I wonder what type of movie we would give an A to. It would have to. There's one that I'm thinking of that um, we Uh, might do on this show. I'm um, sorry, but a, I think Arrival, if we end up doing Maybe it, Arrival, right? but the one that I'm thinking of is, conta- is uh, Contagion. Ooh. Wait, is that a zombie flick? No, Contagion is the um, realistic portrayal of a pandemic, as realistic oh, okay. as they can. And they're... Ooh, I meant to brush up on my microbiology and my evolution and, my, and uh, Captain Trips. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so Mr. The... Jason, yeah. what, what movie are we going to do next? Well, you know, we've been doing a lot of heavily fictional stuff, and I think next time we should do the science of something medical. All right. Specifically, plastic surgery. Oh, God. So I think the next time you guys tune in, we will be dissecting the science of that plastic surgery movie, Face Off. 
Oh my fucking god, I hate you! I hate you! I hate you so much! It's such a bad movie! It's so, so bad! It's so bad! So let's find out if any of that shit is possible, oh, shall John we? Woo, I just know you wound me out with the John Woo. <laughs> For Cinetific, this has been Podcast Professor Jason Harding. And this has been Jason Harding's revenge on me for all those years of poop and fart jokes with people eating diarrhea and and cooking that diarrhea for their family members and feeding it to their family members. (laughs) And thanks for tuning in to the Cinetific Institute, where we put the science in... In diarrhea? In fiction! (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) I love you guys. Cinetific is a Let Me Listen podcast production with Jason Harding and Atticus Blake. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at lemmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Let Me Listen. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Cinetific is also a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute just $1 a month to support this podcast, or any of the other podcasts that Let Me Listen produces, please visit our page at Patreon. Just search for Let Me Listen Podcasts, or you can click the Patreon link on our website. And thanks for listening.